How's that for a slice of fried gold? Are you think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. I'll be back. Just a flesh wound. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. I'm sorry, Ben. Well, hello and welcome to Cinema Shock, the podcast that explores the stories behind your favorite cult genre films. And one of your hosts, Gary Horn. Hey, I'm Justin Bishop. And I'm Todd A. Davis. Thank you so much for joining us for this bonus episode as we prep for our next film, which will be Little Shop of Horrors. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, I'm stoked yeah. about it. Uh, I'm I very am wet right now. <laughs> so this is an extra little bonus episode we're going to try to do every now and then if it works out, if we like how it turns out at least, uh, where we're going to try to kind of do a quick little like preview to what we're going to be doing on our next episode or our next series, not going into a lot of details because we leave all that for the show for the actual episode. Uh, but we, I kind of wanted to get you guys to like, and this is kind of a weird one to start with, because I think it's one that we've all seen. Uh, but I kind of like the idea of knowing going in before, because we haven't watched the movie yet. And of course, even if it's one we've seen, you may not have seen it in years, but sometimes this might be previewing an episode that, or a movie that one of us or all of us hasn't ever seen before. So it's kind of fun to like go in and talk about, what our expectations are, what our history with the movie is and things like that. Uh, so it is kind of weird to start with one that I think that we've all seen with Little Shop of Horrors, which is our second entry in the Cinema Shock uh, uh, Roulette series, uh, which was chosen at the end of our last episode on the fly. Uh, we chose it at random. I mean, I, I, we, I did it right in front of you guys so that you guys could see how it was randomly chosen. So there, uh, you know, this is com- uh, complete randomness, but it just happened to pick a movie that, uh, I am absolutely in love with uh, with Frank Oz's Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, what about y'all? What is? I'll start with you, Todd. What's your history with Little Shop of Horrors? You've seen it before, right? Uh, yeah, I feel like I end up repeating myself a lot. A lot of these movies that we've seen, uh, I you know saw on TV. My my family. I grew up not having cable, so I didn't get to lot. I get I didn't get to watch a lot of movies as they were meant to be seen, they were always, you know, on the square that has been, yeah, yeah. Modi- been modified to fit your TV. Sure. And uh, of course with commercial breaks, but I recall little shop of horrors um, coming on TV and watching it and just, yeah, just fell in love. Uh, big fan of Audrey. Uh, she was one of the, she was uh, Audrey or Audrey too. Audrey. Yeah. I love Audrey. <laughs> um She's I great. think uh, she. I think she was uh, one of those uh, one of those women in Todd's pop culture viewing as a younger as a young man who ended up sort of solidifying <laughs> like your heterosexuality. I, I, yeah, I've just I, I've described. <laughs> where are you going with this? <laughs> I've described Deanna Troy. Deanna yeah. Troy was a okay. big one. Uh, yeah. Jessica Rabbit was another one. It's always just kind of Mom, like Todd's a boob guy. Yeah, well, it's like, how do you feel? How do you feel about this? <laughs> Between those three examples, I think it's easy to say, Todd's a boob guy. Yeah, and you meet my wife, you'll be like, uh huh. Yeah, I wasn't absolutely. gonna say that, but 
it's okay. It's all right. Um, but I, I, I just, I definitely remember really enjoying this. It has been years since I've seen it, but what I'm looking forward to the most is seeing the comedy Titans, Steve Martin. And although it's very brief, Bill Murray in uh, their roles yeah. in this film. One again. of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. Yes. I'm really looking forward to seeing that again. I think, yeah. you know, cause I've, I've said numerous times that cat is not always on board with what we're watching, what we're covering on the show, but I think she will be chomping at the bit to sit and watch this with me. This is one of her nice. favorites as well. She loves, she loves musicals and, and weird it's, it's one anyway. of bunny's favorites too. Like yeah. she knows the, she knows the soundtrack by heart beginning to end. She does actually does a great Audrey voice. Oh, really? Uh, she oh. Does a, Bunny does a great Audrey voice. So, uh, yeah, I, I, what she'll definitely Wait, be watching. Audrey or Audrey too? Audrey. Okay. All right. Yeah, Audrey. <laughs> I don't think she does. I don't think she would do a very great Audrey too voice. Uh, uh, Gary, I, Gary, how I, about be, you? I believe, I believe in Bunny. I think she could <laughs> hammer one out if she really wanted to. <laughs> Gary, what about you? You've seen this as well, right? Oh yeah. Tons of times, uh, yeah. especially as a kid I had the VHS uh probably still have it somewhere and uh the uh well i was a i remember you know like i I love musicals too i was a musical theater major and um i remember actually one of the guys who was one of the producers for a lot of the shows that i did uh had a house that we would go to and hang out and in his upper room he had he was one of the first people that had uh, this is how old i am so he had like laser disc (laughs) and uh the surround sound system and all that stuff and i remember one of the first movies we watched was little shop of horrors and uh and how impressive it was when steve martin's motorcycle just like went around the room and uh, (laughs) we were like blown away by that so that always just stood out in my mind but yeah it's been a long time since i've seen it though so uh i said on our uh last episode um about the fly that um i just watched uh for the last drive in with joe bob briggs on shutter uh the original joe uh little shop of horrors i've never seen that one and uh so like the black and white with uh jack nicholson yeah Yeah, with jack nicholson so that was kind of cool but uh it it was it paled in comparison to my memories of of little shop of horrors the music yeah i agree this is one of the few like remakes that is a, a vast improvement over the original i think uh i watched this movie actually somewhat regularly i don't revisit movies a lot like where you know some people have their like they like to revisit the same movies over and over i'm not that person i like watching stuff i haven't seen before or i like stuff i haven't seen in a very long time usually Mm. Uh, there are there are exceptions sometimes if like there's a new entry in a franchise coming out i might you know binge watch the previous ones except for the marvel movies that's too much (laughs) but you know if there's like a third entry in a series coming out i might go watch the first two but otherwise i tend to take the stuff that i haven't seen in a long time but little shop is one of those like comfort movies to me you know where Mm. i can throw it on at any time and i'm gonna love the hell out of it i've got the soundtrack on vinyl like i'm a big big fan of this movie so i'm very excited that we get to dive into it because the the story behind it uh, what I know of it just off the top of my head is also going to be a very fun one for us to talk about. And the like the the deleted ending that they took off the movie, which you can find on YouTube if you guys want to watch that during your your prep for the next episode, uh, is really weird and really cool. And uh, so I, I think the story behind it is going to be really fun to talk about. I remember Jake Gyllenhaal did a uh, production of this on stage and like yeah. Ellen Green was there. 
as Audrey. Yeah, I saw that video on YouTube. I remember that. Yeah, wow. I don't know. I just thought yeah. about that, but I, you know, in talking about the uh, the original versus the remake, I think I've seen the original more than the remake. Oh, really? Um, yeah, the Jack Nicholson I, one. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I've seen it like twice, including when uh, Joe Bob did it. Uh, okay. I had like a, I had, I had like a, you know, bargain bin DVD of it back in the day. Well, I, I think that's where yeah. I got mine at, you know, $5 bin or whatever, but yeah. I think mine has a, uh, a commentary from Mike Nelson, uh, oh, from, from Mr. Yeah. Science Theater. Yeah. yeah nice. I think I, that might've been the one I had actually, that sounds really familiar. I know I had a few of those. Well, Seymour is uh Rick Moranis or GTFO. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to beat Mick, Rick Moranis. Uh, so that's going to be a fun, fun one to talk about uh, where I'm really looking forward to it. It's not part of an overall series because and, and when I add stuff to the like Cinema Shock roulette list, I try to think about does this filmmaker have other films that I think would be make an overall good series? Right. And Frank um, Oz never did anything else. <laughs> no, Frank Oz did some great movies, but <laughs> some I don't know that like exploring his entire filmography would be that interesting you know because and some of them like the dark crystal and the muppets take manhattan like those fit better almost in maybe a jim henson series you know yeah yeah more so that you know whereas other movies that he's done like this one like uh dirty rotten scoundrels what about bob those are fun movies uh not necessarily it fitting with what we often do but they might work for future you know uh, roulette episodes but a, a full frank oz series i feel like would be weird because you can't talk about the muppets take manhattan if you haven't already talked about the muppet movie you know uh, so it's got to be part of the same series muppet series then i guess i'll do a muppet series man i love those. <laughs> okay movies. i was gonna like there's no way there's no way he's gonna do a i love series. i love the muppets and i i think doing a jim henson series would actually be really fun because uh, you guys underestimate off- how many times i saw on vhs and still have the great muppet caper and Muppets Take Manhattan. they're great and, <laughs> and i love and, and jim henson started as an experimental filmmaker yeah uh like watch his early shorts they're they're nutty uh, mm-hmm. So I think his career would be really fun to talk about. I don't know. We, I guess we could talk about the, the stuff that his son did after he, his uh, death, but uh, even just doing this stuff, starting with the early Muppet stuff through uh, maybe like the Muppets, I guess the Muppets take Manhattan would probably be one of the latter later ones yeah. I, I, without looking. I'm not really sure, but, think, uh, or the first, son did, the first one, the first one after he died was Christmas Carol. You right, which but I think did. just before that was Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not sure Muppet that Treasure he directed Island. that. Yeah, I don't think he did. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, we we'd figure that out down the line when that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not anytime soon. But it would be right. a fun one to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, other than uh, you know talking about the next movie we're going to do on the series, I wanted to ask y'all uh, just what you know just to let our listeners get to know us a little bit better outside of the films we talk about here on the show you know have you guys watched or read or anything cool in the last couple of weeks that you that you would want to talk about yeah yeah absolutely uh you know it's i mean if you listen to the show for any length of time it's obvious i'm a big star trek guy so obviously watching what? star trek yeah i know it's weird right <laughs> um but I'll, I'll save you that but i've been watching moon knight uh the yeah marvel series moon knight i had read uh 
quite a few of the series uh, before the show premiered and uh, didn't really know what to expect. I was like, this is, I mean, you know, some of the stuff gets kind of weird and here post end game, it's kind of, they're taking a new direction and I like where they're going, dealing with older uh, mythologies and how the intergalactic heroes kind of intertwine with some of, you know, some of what I'll just give a blanket title of the ancient world. Yeah. Um, and I think moon Knight is a branch off of that for sure, but it yeah. deals a lot with mental health. It does. And it's um, are, are you all caught up on it? I am. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this, this episode, won't I literally caught up last like, night. Yeah. This episode won't come out by, by the time this episode comes out, there'll be another episode or two of, of, of moon Knight. but okay. the most recent one that came out, that has this uh, with, I'm not going to give anything away for people who haven't seen it, but it has kind of a, I would, I guess you could call it a twist in the last act mm-hmm. that I feel like the first couple of the first few episodes were good, but I'm like, this is not moon Knight. This is not what I know of moon Knight. Cause when I think moon Knight, I'm thinking the Jeff Lemire run of moon, of course, Knight, which most people are yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. but um, cause it's, not, it's honestly not a character that I'm highly familiar with outside of that run because i was mm-hmm. actually reading that when it was when it was being published um but this this last episode that last act tied it all together where you're like now this this is moon Knight. this is what i was expecting when i watched the show uh-huh. and it came out of nowhere and it's i it, it made me more excited to watch the series than i've been after the first couple episodes, if that makes yeah. sense, you know, yeah. it, it, it gives me an idea of more of where they're going or, or at least what to expect, or at least knowing that they're being more true to the character than I thought they were being, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah. Cause I mean, it, it's such a bizarre, it's such a bizarre character amidst some very colorful characters in the Marvel universe. Yeah. I think a lot of people when they're trying to explain who moon Knight is to somebody, they're like, imagine batman but kind of just super damaged and actually has a little bit of power but he's a damaged broken man like psychologically (laughs) yeah and that's kind of what you get with moon knight yeah i've I've been enjoying it yeah i'm really looking forward to it i uh i went to uh sc comic-con earlier this month and i actually found an independent graphic novel that i was actually really excited to tell you guys about it's called nameless yeah uh by gregory dickens um met him and he signed my copy and all that good stuff but it's this story of these guys trying to do this uh trans uh antarctic voyage on this ship and the way gregory described it to me is the first part of the story is is rooted in reality like this actually happened it's well documented and all that um the middle part is very much a fantasy kind of a horror creature type thing they get attacked by this uh cthulhu-esque type monster Um, yeah yeah, which of course is a plus is fiction but the very end the very end of the story (laughs) the very end of this story is actually more based in reality and according to uh gregory dickens own words 
um, is stranger than fiction. The stuff that happens to these guys mm. based in reality, but it, it's, it goes off the rails in a big, okay. big way. Um, I'm just, I, I love I, some cosmic horror and stuff like that. I'm a big fan. Yeah. It's, it's very well produced. The um, he is the author illustrator. It's got a great design to it. Um, and it's from uh, robot wonder boy. Um, that's the publisher. That's the publisher robotwonderboy.com. If anybody's interested, I highly recommend it. Greg's a great guy, cool. solid writer, really great illustrator. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm digging that so far. And other than that, uh, finished up, finished up reading the gospel according to star Trek. Uh, oh, yeah. Don't, don't you have the author coming on the show or is that yes. a spoiler? Am I not allowed to say that? No, no, that's, <laughs> that's totally fine to say. Yeah. yeah uh, the author, Kevin C. Nice, I reached out to him and um, had him on the show. In fact, earlier today, I finished up my second uh, of two appearances on his show. So we oh, did cool. a little, we did a little cross promotion, but he's, the book is amazing. It's books like that can end up being a little preachy. Yeah. Um, but it's very much a call to action for uh, the the human side of, of actually reaching out to the rest of humanity for us to better ourselves. And yes, it takes uh, it's largely through a Christian worldview, but it's more of a call to action to be good humans. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a it's a fascinating read. It's very well researched. He's in, very intelligent. And in fact, he made me feel very, very silly and stupid a couple of times. I was like, you, you very smart. Me, You're smarter than me. I'm I'm funny. (laughs) I funny boy. You very smart, (laughs) but it was, uh, but it was, it was great. So that's, that's kind of what I've been into here uh, of late. Well, that, that mention of that, that graphic novel, the cosmic horror aspect made me think of one that I just finished recently, which is The Nice House on the Lake by James Tenyon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been very into James Tenyon lately because I've been reading Something is Killing the Children and I've been mm-hmm. reading uh, Department of Truth, both right. of which are outstanding. But I think The Nice House on the Lake is maybe the best thing he's ever written. Only okay. one volume is out in trade. It just came out a couple of weeks ago, but That's high um, man, it's good. It's I'm really familiar, good. I'm familiar with his Batman stuff, so yeah. that's... That definitely is driving me to uh, pick up a copy for myself. That's awesome. Get, check that one out and, and check out. I mean, the Department of Truth and Something is Killing the Children are both great as well. Um, I just really like his his concepts. And not only good concepts, but good execution of those concepts, I think. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Uh, what about you, Gary? What are we talking about? Have you been reading <laughs> or watching anything? Or <laughs> uh, No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Uh so I've been reading a lot, actually. Um, most of it would be boring for this audience, but I will say this. I, I've been on this like thing where I, I used to think that fiction was starting to be a waste of time for me on uh, reading. So I was only reading like, you know, biographies and uh, it's, it's life instructional manuals. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> uh, that, that kind of stuff. But I have gotten to this point now where at night, I am now reading fiction before I go to sleep and it enhances my dreams. I swear by that, but, (laughs) but I will, but anyway, so right now, but what I'm trying to do is I also feel like I'm not very well read anymore. I don't remember things, even if I've read them before. So, but all that to say right now, I'm reading 1984 by George Orwell. And uh, that is what I'm reading. Classic. Yeah. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. I've got the once and future King on my list and I, yeah. I feel like a nerd, like I'm being pretentious, but I'm really not trying to be, 
Like I, I legitimately like those are the, the things I have reading wise. Uh, vice versa, in uh, real life on watching things, I have been watching a lot of documentaries. Yeah, and, uh, ah. so I have been like super into documentaries recently. What have you watched um, that you've really liked? What have you watched that you've really been into? So um, I started with. Uh, let's see. So while I'm working at home, it's I'm able. I've I found that wrestling and documentaries are the things that I can watch. So like it's just easy to put those on, like stop and start. Here. Yeah, yeah, on the TV. And uh, so documentary wise, uh, HBO Max I think has the best fucking documentaries yeah. in the world. But uh, like so, if you guys aren't subscribed to that, I would suggest them. They're they're great. But they have one called uh, I Love You Now Die which was yeah, great about the girl who uh, convinces her boyfriend to commit suicide. Yeah. And I had yeah. heard that story, but it's a great documentary because like, you think you feel one way about the story and the first episode of it really helps you continue to feel that way. Yeah. Uh, that like, wow, what a bitch. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> by the second episode, you're like, wow, this is a fucked up scenario. And uh, it, it really, it's, 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 as far as things can be these days, it's pretty objective of like yeah. uh, delivering all the facts of like the whole situation. And by the end, I don't know. I think I said this on my last, on our last episode that I, I'm getting to be a softy in my old age, but like a lot of these documentaries by the end, I'm just like, man, I just feel bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just in these situations. Cause another one I watched that's uh, I, I think this was HBO max, but I can't remember, but it's called, uh, the cult of cults. Uh, I started with the Heaven's Gate people, Ooh. and uh, that's like a five. There's a there's a great uh, the Heaven's Gate documentary series on HBO. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. great. It's yeah, a, it, I, I, think I, I watched. I thought that one it was called year. the Cult of Cults, but I can't remember. No, there's one. The one on HBO is just is just called Heaven's Gate, uh, but it's like yeah, a five or six episode it. series. It's really oh, really it's good. So good. And by the end of that, even I was like, damn, man, these people. This is sad. Cat yeah. showed me. I think there was an episode of. I think it's on Hulu of Dark Side of the Nineties, and I think they did an episode on Heaven. Oh, yeah. on the Heaven's Gate folks. You, yeah. you really should watch the one on HBO Max because it's it's so detailed. It's it is so yeah. well plotted and like that it just, Marshall Applebaum is. Ooh, because you character. because it's easy. <laughs> like the thing is with like cults and stuff. Because I went. Needless to say, this led me down a cult rabbit hole. So I've been watching a lot of cult documentaries. Mm-hmm. I got really invested in those. And uh, and the first thing that I, th- I think all people think of with like cults is uh, what the fuck? Like, what's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. You know, why are you so stupid? <laughs> like, why did you yeah, but what? Because I'm, I'm very fascinated by cults as well. But one thing that it feels like to me is that a lot of these people are, they're just looking for something. They're so yeah. desperate for some kind of connection or there's something missing in their lives that they latch on to something that to the outside world sounds absolutely insane. It's not that far removed from religion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, yeah. most, uh, most of them are religion based for that very reason. People but are most of them also something. don't start off with, uh, and, I, and I'll say this, especially with the ones I'm into now, which is Nexium, N-E-X-I-V-M. That one is fucking crazy. N-I-X-V-M. <laughs> There's one on HBO Max called The Vow, the which Val, is good. The Vow is really good because it's but on they're stars, investigating it in real time on on the vow, which is interesting, mm. but it's a little disjointed. I feel like sometimes like it, it like goes well, probably because they were making it as they go and following the story where it went on instead of stars. Having hindsight. 
there is a one called Seduction, which is another multi-part one. And it's done by India Oxenberg, who was the girl who the yeah, mother yeah. is in the vow. Goes looking for, yeah. Yeah. India does her own. Really? On stars. And it's yeah, I don't have seduction. stars. <laughs> and uh, it's a multi-part one. And I feel like, honestly, it's a little better. It's, really? it's uh, more linear. But it takes you through. She also got multiple people to give her footage and give her stuff from all the things that were being recorded. Cool. And so it's cool. The vow's good because you get a lot of stuff because the guy was like documenting the whole fucking thing. Right. Yeah. Um, these are her version of it in seduction is like she didn't participate in the vow because she was already doing her own. And uh and it's more linear, it walks you through her whole process and her and her mom's whole process on how and and so it actually has a nice timeline of like the whole process all the way okay. from start to finish. But um it's that's a fucking wild story but they don't really they don't they don't you know like they're not presenting that cult doesn't start because it's presenting itself as a cult it presents itself as like a kind of a A self-help yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and uh you know people are learning to be it's like executive solutions programs or something is like esp that's what it's called and so like these are people in hollywood like you know just trying to find a spot like business-wise and to make money and to be professionals and uh and it totally leads into this whole other fucking thing and it's wild thinking about but i don't know i just never really thought about that cults in movies are often portrayed as like people that are fucking weirdos and outcasts from society and it's not really that way like it can be also they can't they can't recruit you if you're a bunch of weirdos because nobody wants to go anywhere with a bunch of weirdos it's got people that are charismatic people that are like seem like normal people and are cool people and uh that's how they get you Mm -hmm. anyway so join our cult at cinema shock (laughs) (laughs) you can sign up Uh, so I, me and Bunny have been watching the Boulay Brothers on Shudder. If you're not familiar, it's a drag show similar to like RuPaul's Drag Race, but horror themed. Uh, the fourth season is a Shudder original, but they finally added seasons two and three. And season one is being remastered and coming down the line. But we we watched season four a while back, but uh, season two is we're in the middle of right now. It's really good. I mean, Bunny's really into Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, which cat um, cat loves it. Absolutely, yeah, Bunny loves, loves it. it, but. The Boulay Brothers takes a lot of the same concepts of that and applies a horror like veneer over it. So it's it's pretty cool. It's it's really good. There's some really good personalities. I'm not as enamored in season two as I was in season four, but it's still I mean, these people because they're not just doing. They're not just doing drag, but because it's horror themed, they're doing prosthetics, they're doing makeup effects like it's. It's very involved and really wow. cool to watch. I, I really love it. Uh, that's like the show, you know, the the one like nonfiction show we're kind of watching right now. Uh, me watching, as far as what I've been watching, um, I watch a lot of movies, so I'm not going to go over everything. I watch a movie almost every day. I watch something. Wow. I try to. Uh, I don't hit every day, but I try to. But uh, as far as like new stuff, like new releases, I rewatched The Batman. We can talk about The Batman all day long. It's on HBO now, so I rewatched it the other night. Plays very well upon second viewing, by the way. Nice. Uh, but everything, everywhere, all at once. I know you've probably heard everyone on the internet talk about how good this movie is, and I promise you, no matter how hyped up it is, it is better than what you think it's going to be. Um, oh. It's it's 
we're all not even halfway through the year and I have a hard time believing that anything coming out this year is going to top that movie for me. Um, I'm a big fan of Daniels, the directors. Um, it's uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinberg. They go by Daniels. They directed a movie called Swiss Army Man in 2016, which was my favorite movie of the year in 2016. So I yeah. was already super hyped for this and it still exceeded my expectations. It is an incredible piece of filmmaking. Uh, super funny, super entertaining, but also just super poignant it's uh, i highly highly recommend it could not recommend it enough on the other side of things though i also watched the new michael bay movie ambulance which if you uh like michael bay it is it is a michael bay movie and it's i like a michael bay it. movie i love it's i'd say it's in the vein of michael bay movies like pain and gain and bad boys not like the transformers movie. Uh, okay uh, all right it, all it right. was really fun uh somebody got michael bay a drone for christmas i think there are so many fucking drone shots in the movie <laughs> And they're amazing. And I love it. It's, I mean, I, I love his brand of dumb action cinema and it's really fun. Uh, and then I also watched one called one shot, which uh, stars Scott Adkins. It's like a direct TV, a, a direct to video um, action movie, which Scott Adkins is the king of right now. Uh, and it's shot as if the entire movie is a single unbroken take. It's not obviously. Uh, wow. It would not be possible considering how many explosions are in the movie, but it's really good. It's on, I think it's on Netflix or something. I think it's a Netflix original, but it's, it's easy. You know, it's, it's, I would highly recommend it if you just want a dumb mindless action movie to watch. It's, it's a good one. Um, and then I've been watching like a lot of Coen brothers movies. Uh, Gary, you actually got me a Coen brothers book, like for my birthday last year. So I'm uh, by Adam Naiman. And I'm watching the movies and reading the book as I go. So I'm That's like, what? Because I'm watching the movie and then reading the chapter on that movie. So I'm up to like, I think The Big Lebowski's my next one. Um, other than that, older movies I've watched, Evil Dead Trap, which is this Japanese horror movie. It feels like a Japanese giallo from the late 80s, filtered through, like a Japanese director tried to make a giallo filtered through a Sam Raimi movie. It's really fun. Ooh. Super wild. <laughs> uh, it's really fun. And then I watched one called May the Devil Take You uh, from 2018. Uh, it is another Asian horror movie. Uh, the, the director's name is Timo uh, Tajanto, if I'm saying that correctly. I'm not entirely sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but he's Indonesian. Uh, did you guys come over to my house and watch The Night the- Comes for Us? Yeah. Okay. I don't it's think that-, that was me. Okay, I had a bunch of guys over. This was like two or three years ago, I guess. You were invited, Todd. Um, you probably were. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's an incredible movie. The night comes for us. Uh, but it is a that, that's an action movie. One of the most insane balls of the wall action movies you will ever watch. It's on Netflix. But uh, this movie is a horror movie. He this guy started out as a as an action filmmaker, but he's done a couple of horror movies. May the Devil Take You and May the Devil Take You Two. May the Devil Take You is on Netflix. May the Devil Take You Two is a Shutter original, but he kind of uses his same action movie talents to make a horror movie. <laughs> so, uh, really good. I mean, they're, they're really they're both really fun. Uh, I, well, I haven't seen the second one yet, but the the movies I've seen of his, I mean, are both really fun. So, I want to watch more of his stuff, including more of his action movies. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, I go on my letterbox, I guess you can see all the other weird shit I've been watching. I watched American Gigolo the other day because I'd never seen it. And Karina Longworth is doing a 
podcast series that covers it. So I wanted to wanted to. Wanted I just to re-upped that. my letterbox because I, uh, I I stopped using it altogether. And I wasn't yeah. using it a ton before or as much as I should to keep up with what I was doing. But uh, I definitely used a lot more when I paid for it. So I just, yeah. I, I just maybe that'll motivate you. So they, they, yeah. it's going to make me use it because uh there there's definitely movies i haven't seen there like i do a movie night with some friends of ours every wednesday like last week we watched uh clan of the white lotus that is oh yeah that's a that's a wild one yeah that's been forever <laughs> ago there's a lot of nut grabbing in that one yeah and, uh <laughs> it's uh it's something else and uh the exorcist right before that that was our 100th movie as the we I, with this other couple we started a movie night on wednesday nights and we yeah. started during the pandemic and we just hit 100 movies for 100 we watched nice. the exorcist and uh but then clan of the white lotus last time also I, I didn't mention movies but uh we just rewatched uh murder on the orient express the, and, the, the new one yeah the kenneth brana and then yeah. so we could watch death on the nile or whatever yes. and i like those movies a lot and i haven't I, seen I, death on the nile yet but i like murder on the order death on the, the nile is getting unending just terrible reviews and i thought it was fine yeah <laughs> but um, it was, real it's just quick, uh, one, you know the hercule Her, hercule perot yeah it's a great uh, character yeah it was fun uh one other one before we wrap up that i wanted to mention is i watched um Jacques Tati's Playtime. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jacques Tati. He is a uh, French filmmaker. He only directed six films. He's a mime, actually, uh, that became a filmmaker. Uh, he was an actor. He did some movies as an actor. Then he created this character named uh, Monsieur Hulot, who is a mostly silent character. Um, he was introduced in a movie uh, called uh, Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, I think is the name of it, if I remember right. Playtime is like his third appearance as a character, but it's basically about a, a guy who's kind of old-fashioned uh, and, and the, the modern world is sort of encroaching upon his life. But Playtime leaves this character several times uh, it, throughout the movie. He's he's not really the focus of the movie, but he wanders in and out of this insane world that Jacques Tati built. He built this giant set that basically recreates, they call it Tati Town, I think. Uh, like he basically built an entire city so that he could make this meticulously detailed, meticulously designed and choreographed uh, film. Highly recommend it. It's a... Uh, it's like two hours long, but it's basically there's not not really a plot. There's it's just things happening, but the way it's choreographed is so incredible that you can't take your eyes off of it. That's really streaming. Good. That's streaming anywhere. It's on the Criterion Channel. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, nice. So really, really good. Uh, it's just like just incredibly entertaining, uh, and like I said, it's mostly dialogue free because he's he's a mime. Uh, so, right. so he, he doesn't need dialogue to tell his story yeah so. but yeah i would i would highly recommend it it's one of the one of the coolest like new discoveries that i've seen in quite a while cool even though it's 50 years old at this point so 50 <laughs> plus years old at this point anyway i think that's a wrap for this bonus episode guys thanks nice. for joining yeah uh, you can always follow us i think i forgot to do this at the end of our uh our fly episode but you can follow <laughs> us at uh Cinema underscore shock. I'm at Justin underscore Bishop, Twitter, Instagram. How about you guys? I'm at this is Gary Horn on all the social medias. And I'm at Mr. Todd A. Davis on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and D&D Beyond. 
All right. Until next time, may the wings of liberty never lose a feather. And be excellent to each other. Johnny has the keys, baby. (laughs) 